0: You're listening to The Deep Cut, a podcast by Atlanta Christian Church, hosted by lead pastor Derek Swetman and community and spiritual formation pastor Joel Mooneyhan. Each week, we take a closer look at the history and theology surrounding the week's lectionary text to give you a deeper knowledge of God's word and what it means to us today. We're glad you're here. We hope you enjoy what you find, and now let's get started.
1: Okay, welcome back. Welcome. Here we are again, myself, Derek, and uh, Lindsay and Joel. And this is the uh, second week of our Advent Behind the Scenes Deep Cut Podcast Series. And Mm -hmm. last week we just talked about Advent in general. And this week we thought we would talk about John the Baptist because John the Baptist takes up Mm -hmm. two of the four Sundays in Advent, which is probably worthy of attention. And um, so, yeah, let's we'll talk about him, uh, a little bit about who he was, and why he's in the Advent story. So, let's begin. <laughs> cool. Joel, you have the most notes over there. I don't know, yours are typed. Lindsay has good notes,
0: too. Well, I, ha- I mean, mine are kind of scattershot, but I, I did write down the references to... John the Baptist's early life from Scripture, so Mm -hmm. um, Matthew 3, pretty much all of that chapter, uh, the first 11 or 12 verses of Mark, um, all throughout Luke, uh, Mm -hmm. Luke chapter 1 and chapter 3, a lot about him, and then a little bit in the Gospel of John Mm -hmm. as well. So if you want to kind of read about John's early life, those are the places to find it. Um, John's Gospel, uh, he makes reference to... Uh, John the Baptist uh, sent so that through him everyone might believe in Jesus or believe in the light. Uh, Ma- uh, Mark and Matthew specifically tie him to prophecy from Isaiah mm-hmm. and Malachi. And Luke uh, has him tied to this idea of proclaiming, um, announcing the coming of the Messiah for the sake of proclaiming good news to the poor mm-hmm. and to those who sit in the shadow of darkness. Uh, So those are kind of the thematic elements to Mm -hmm. who John the Baptist was, according to uh, the gospel writers. Um,
2: I think it's good to note, too, that they never referred to him as John the Baptist. No. That's the name we have There was a man named John
0: who
1: was baptizing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) That's what we have named him.
1: And I think John, the gospel of John, only refers to him as the witness. He's never referred to as the Baptist. Yeah. So uh, it's a really cool twist there. Um, you know, he's a son of privilege too. I yeah. mean, he was born into the priestly class of Israel. So both of um, his parents were. From both, as I was
2: gonna say, both of them were from yeah. the line of Aaron.
1: Yeah. So he's he's a he's a privileged hippie. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it's no it's no accident that he's from the priestly class. Yeah. Like that. It's significant and. He styles himself, if you want to say it that way, but uh, of the prophets of old. So he's this kind of weird. Get on, let's get on the other side of the street, honey, because there's a crazy man coming up. Mm-hmm.
2: That's what I was gonna um, say. Yeah, he's he. Well, he's first off like the first prophet in 400 years, right? The 400 years of silence in between. Um, but he is kind of that typical, like what you would think of the. Cornerside Baptist, like the repent.
0: Yeah, he's got a turn. he's got a, a sandwich sign, <laughs> sign hanging off his. He's got the signs,
1: the kingdom of God is nigh, and all yeah. that. And I yeah. picture him more like that. I forget the kid's name, but in the movie Into the Wild, where uh, oh yeah, um, you know he's an Emory University grad, mm-hmm. but he just oh, gets shit. in his car and heads west. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, yeah. So he heads out into the wilderness. I think that's a good thing yeah. to note too, because the wilderness is a very important part of of stories throughout the Bible. Yeah. It's There's motif. always a great meaning to why.
0: Wilderness is formative and it's where you go to meet God.
2: That's what I, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like so often we think of being in the wilderness as almost as a negative thing, but even going back to um, Old Testament with Hagar going to the wilderness, that's where God speaks to her. That's where she meets him. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, gives her this promise of taking care right. of her. So the wilderness isn't always necessarily bad but it there is a formation that happens right. there.
0: Moses meets God in the wilderness mm-hmm. and even when Israel wanders in the wilderness like there's a purpose
2: for it mm-hmm. that's him drawing them yeah you know closer he was also consecrated I don't know if he's ever referred to as a Nazarite but that's one of the things that mm-hmm. his, his dad Zechariah is told um, when he is told that you know John will be born he said that you know, he'll be consecrated to God, which means he wasn't allowed to have alcohol. Yeah. He didn't cut his hair, which ties into the crazy man on the street corner mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, image, and he couldn't touch a dead body because there was that was that would make you unclean, defiled, yeah. yeah, defiled.
1: Well, in his description, <clears throat> you know, in the Mark text where it quotes Malachi three, uh, you know, a voice in the wilderness. It's interesting that is the last verse in the Old Testament, Mm -hmm. which is not, the Jewish formation of the Old Testament does not Mm -hmm. have Malachi as the last book. It has Second Chronicles. So when Christians reordered Mm -hmm. the Old Testament to fit with the new, they ended with this thing that points to John the Baptist. Cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah.
2: (laughs) What's going to happen?
1: And so, but he's also... You know, he was also... Seasoned finale. People wondered if he was Elijah, because mm-hmm. Elijah mm-hmm. is the guy in the Old Testament, if you know this story, who didn't die and uh, was just taken, you know? Yeah. And so there was this belief in Judaism that Elijah would come back. That's yeah, real weird. Yeah. And, uh, cause Where'd he, he go? If he didn't die, then he must come He's back. He's somewhere. Yeah. And And it grew into this belief that when Elijah came back, that he would be this... You know this messiah kind of figure and so people wondered if john the baptist mm-hmm. was him um so yeah there's a connection there too but
2: which he denied yeah he i mean said, he's, you know. no
1: i'm just just me <laughs> yeah well and it's it's interesting to, to remember too that john the baptist is very influential mm-hmm. uh, by the time we get to his adult story which we don't know much about his childhood other than just his like pedigree and Uh, all of that and there's a lot of speculation as to how he grew up and and whatnot but when we encounter him in the story he's an adult he is uh, is very influential he has lots of disciples Um, so he's a leader of sorts and he's drawing attention you know uh, through his work which is again he's like a prophet Mm -hmm. Um, so it's he's not without a following for sure yeah
2: Yeah, that was known in other places, too. It wasn't just in this area.
0: Yeah. Uh, He's the one, uh, Isaiah 40 is uh, verse 3. A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. And uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So... The gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, particularly point to this to say this is who Isaiah was talking about, and so he's the he's the one who's coming and saying the Messiah is on his way. Everybody, he's the forerunner. Yeah, mm-hmm. everybody, button up, straighten up, mm-hmm. get your act together. Uh, and I find it interesting because he actually comes onto the scene with this very uh, almost hellfire and brimstone message, and it's in some ways in conflict to what Jesus ends up saying and the things that when they, when John's, when John sends his disciples from prison to ask Jesus, are you, aren't you the guy? Because it's, it's so different from even what John was expecting and the things that Jesus uses to say, to kind of validate is not wrath and judgment. It's Mm -hmm. this, uh, the blind are being made to see. Mm -hmm. the deaf are being made to hear, and the lame are being made to walk. So I find that interesting that even John the Baptist, as this forerunner to, who, to the Messiah, still even he doesn't quite get what the Messiah is about to do. No, no one, no one did.
2: Yeah, there's this cool, almost parallel if you look at their two lives. Mm-hmm. If you track John and Jesus, like the angel coming to the parent and mm-hmm. saying, you know, he's going to be born. Um, their moms are related obviously so with their cousins that's the, the relation there um, their time in the wilderness you know Jesus goes into the wilderness before he starts his ministry and then with their their preaching or their ministry like Derek was saying they have groups of followers they you know they have disciples they're considered a teacher <clears throat> um, and then their messages that's where there's like a difference but then they still both are arrested And both killed. Yeah. So it's this interesting, but John's like, no, but it's not me. But still, it's like every step of his life sort of foreshadows. Well, even the fact
0: the the circumstances of their births are unique because Elizabeth was way too old old, and Mary was a virgin. So it's also there's this weird like what is what is that about? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And then of course when, when both of the women are pregnant and they meet. Mm -hmm. Uh, John leaps in the womb Mm -hmm. at the presence of Mary and and Jesus
1: and Luke orders the story early on you notice that it's always a John the Baptist story followed by Jesus Jesus story story, followed by John the Baptist story followed Mm -hmm. by Jesus story and so Luke has it ordered to where there's an exchange that takes place uh, where John eventually fades Mm -hmm. out of the spotlight but he is he is like the first story we get in Luke's yeah. gospel. Because
2: um, I have to decrease. Yes. So Jesus can increase.
1: Yes. Yeah. So Luke actually worked that into his, his narrative. I love what. So
0: Luke has the, the Song of Mary and the Song of Zechariah. And I love Zechariah's song. I wanted to read uh, part of it. Uh, it's in Luke 1 76 through the end. But he said he's he writes this prayer to God about his son, his coming son. Uh, and you child will be called the prophet of the most high for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people and the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in the darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Mm-hmm. I just love reading that. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to read it so people could hear it. <laughs> it's such a nice, it's just a beautiful riff. I love it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I think back to his the theme of his uh, work of repentance and readiness, you know, part of his, and this is where the Advent connection begins to come into play because, um, you know, as we're waiting in this season as we're moving towards Christmas, there's this sense of preparation and waiting and whatever. And last Sunday, uh, or the first Sunday of Advent, we get this like second coming text. And then the last Sunday of Advent, we finally get the Bethlehem text. But in the middle, we have this like in-between piece of the Advent storyline where the season uh, talks more about the presence of Christ now in Mm -hmm. our lives and so um you know john has this message of of virtue of like you know um working on yourself a little mm-hmm. bit um and again it's a little strong uh jesus is not um, as you pointed out earlier there are definitely conflicts between how john the baptist saw the work of the messiah versus what jesus ends up actually doing but nevertheless i mean he's He's asking people to live a certain way so that they make make room for the presence of God in their lives. I have this quotation from um, Josephus. This is written Mm -hmm. uh, at the end of the first century, um, and it says, I won't read the whole thing. It's pretty long, but it comes from his work called Antiquities. Mm -hmm. Uh, Josephus is a Jewish uh, historian, um, and he writes, Now some of the Jews thought that the destruction of Herod's army came from God, and was a very just punishment for what he did against John the Baptist. Uh, For Herod had him killed, although he was a good man and had urged the Jews to exert themselves to virtue. So here's the understanding of him even back in that day. Both as to justice towards one another and reverence towards God, and having done so, joined together in washing. For immersion in the water, it was clear to him, could not be used for the forgiveness of sins, but as a sanctification of the body, and only if the soul was already thoroughly purified by right action. So he just he's pointing out that John the Baptist's message is very behavioral.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, um, Show that you're ready for the presence of God in your life by the way that you're living.
0: And it makes sense because, again, he's from that priestly class, so there's going to be a ritualistic yeah. sort of, um, you know, you must be cleansed before you go into the temple to mm-hmm. meet God. And... Uh, and, the, and what's interesting is you, you're being cleansed to go into the temple and then John is out here in the wilderness cleansing people in the, in the river mm-hmm. um, to meet God in the wilderness mm-hmm. and it's just it's, a, it's an interesting kind of flipping of the motif <coughs> onto its head that John does
1: um, and it's the Jordan River which is a key very image, important. Huge. image in the story of Israel always a, a river of transformation mm-hmm. you know, crossing it into a new thing so it's a, there's a little street theater happening, too. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, he picked that place on purpose. It wasn't an accident. Exactly. That's where it, it happens. And I think it's good to, for people to know, too, that baptism wasn't new no. with John. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a new thing that he invented for sanctification yeah. and, and cleanliness. I mean, the idea of being unclean and then going through some kind of, what you were saying, Ritualist. like ritualistic thing to become clean again in the sight of God, I mean, that's all the way back to the beginning of the Hebrew Bible, mm-hmm. this idea of clean versus unclean. He
1: is the first person we know of in history that would baptize people. Uh, baptism was always a self-administered thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was, have it done was the first.
2: Yeah, it was always like a go clean yourself.
1: Yeah, and no one can touch you until lest you trade the sinfulness. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, but John seemed to have no problem with just grabbing people by the... So I'm stuck in this water. I'm, I'm in the river anyway. So. Yeah, and just <laughs> dunking them himself. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Which Jesus would do the same, touch people who were who would be mm-hmm. considered unclean. Yeah, exactly um, that you would then supposed to have like go through some kind of thing well, to clean yourself.
0: And even Jesus gets baptized, and that's an by important John. detail in the story by yeah. John. And so even Jesus, though we would say he is without sin, he's he does not place himself above uh, above the theater of it, for lack of a better word. I mean that's. He's, he's doing the, the thing that everyone else is doing. Well, it's show. such a
1: good image of, like, he begins his ministry in that very place, mm-hmm. you know, and this is what it's going to be about, mm-hmm. which is bringing renewal to people, um, which is what baptism symbolized, you know, a new start. And the whole immersion piece is there's a death and resurrection image, yeah. you mm-hmm. know. And so um, in the first chapter of Mark, Jesus is buried and raised from the dead you know symbolically Um, so we get a little bit of image of uh, what is to come but yeah any more on uh, John the Baptist Advent Connection all I would say is that
0: you you got a few main themes of John the Baptist Uh, there's the repentance piece there's the announcing of the coming of the Messiah the kingdom of God is at hand and uh, yeah repent and and be careful of the judgment to come. Like that's that's his all the festive themes. yeah, oh, yeah. that's that's his elevator pitch. <laughs>
2: that's his elevator pitch, and a lot of what he was saying would have been sort of contrary or different to what people, people were saying at the time mm-hmm. or believing at the time. So he definitely came and and stirred things up. Mm-hmm. And H- hence the execution eventually. <laughs>
1: And Jesus had nothing but, like, extraordinary hyperbolic things to say about John. Yeah. Like, there's never been a greater person to come out of a woman's womb.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's... And he does call him Elijah, too. Doesn't he? Doesn't Jesus yeah. make reference to him either being like Elijah yeah. or Elijah? Yeah. It's,
0: it, I I kind of think of um, that picture of Bob Dylan and Johnny Cash sitting together. Like, who's, who's the best of the two of them? <laughs>
2: I mean, I have an opinion. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I can't decide.
2: <laughs>
0: but ask either one of them, and they'd say the other probably. So
1: yeah, we get it. You don't like Bob Dylan.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Secrets out of the bag. Those
1: who don't like Bob Dylan never will. Like it's no, one of those. Will. It's like the Grateful Dead. Like you, you, it'll toss you.
0: And those I'm, of us I'm who good with them. yeah, those I'm good of us who him. like Bob Dylan have a hard time. I'm obnoxious it. about it. Oh
2: wait, sorry. I'm not obnoxious <laughs> about it.
1: It's, it's only obnoxious when I blast him in the office. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all I have.
2: I feel like that brings us to the end.
1: We are like, at the end. Yeah. So uh, thanks for listening in. And yeah, thanks. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about Mary and Joseph. It'll be cool. So, have there a good we week. Hi. Go.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of The Deep Cut. If you'd like more episodes, want to listen through our Archives of Sermon series, or if you're in the Atlanta area and want to learn more about ACC's Mission and Ministry, You can find us online at www.atlantachristianchurch.org or follow us on Instagram at the handle Atlanta Christian Church. Special thanks to Jeff Box and Dave Hick for our musical themes and thanks again to you for listening. We'll be back next week, but until then, y'all have a good one and go with Christ, grace and peace, and we will see you soon.